What is up, people? You are listening into New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart, and we got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking about DC's plans for the future now that James Gunn is in charge. He's been taking to Twitter to talk about some of these plans he has for the DCU. He is, of course, the new co-CEO of DC Studios. We'll be also talking about plans for DC animation. You know how much DC animation is near and dear to our hearts, how animation for superheroes in general is near and dear to our hearts. And there could be a major deal closing between Warner Brothers and one of these Amazon, well, I guess I spoiled it, <laughs> sorry, one of these streaming uh, streaming service giants, that being Amazon. So we'll give you guys the details on that. We also got some uh, some interesting details regarding Namor and whether or not Marvel can pursue a solo movie with Namor after uh, a lot of critical acclaim for how Black Panther will kind of forever treated the Submariner. So really great show lined up for today. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart and Sham. We were doing our pre-production meeting before we got ready to start this show. And I you know, have my notes ready and I'm preparing this show. And, you know, we have a little bit of a tight time limit today. So we're going to try to keep this show, you know, tight and clean. And my thought was, well, I know we got to get the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special in. Because Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special dropped on Disney Plus this week. And I know my guy saw it. So I got to make sure that uh, we, we talk about it. And lo and behold, Shamari, along with Kendall, who's on the podcast, revealed that neither of them have seen the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday special. Now, I will say, Sham, that I thought it was really good and I enjoyed it. It was really funny. But I think that says something that you guys did not watch this. I know there was the other werewolf special that happened around Halloween time that you guys I have not watched. I don't think I don't think you guys have watched yet. That was a little different because those were newer characters, and the promotion for that was really, honestly, just non-existent. Like, I don't think a lot of people knew even what was happening. But this is different. I mean, this is a major franchise in the Disney IP, in the Marvel IP. And this is a franchise that's heading into the third movie of a trilogy that is fairly anticipated. It's certainly been very um, successful commercially at this point in time. I think that's something that you guys didn't check this out, Sham. I don't know. What, 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 why didn't you watch this? Yeah. Is, uh, man, EJ put me on the spot. All right. Um. <laughs> I mean, look. I, I mean, why I mean, didn't you do I mean, your job, Samari? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Kendall, you, you're not ducking this smoke. Kendall also did not watch uh. this pod, this uh, this uh, this special. And I just, I just find it interesting. Not necessarily like, like, oh, why didn't you watch this special? We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about, oh, we got to make sure because. you watch this before the podcast i was just doing the prep for the show i was like oh right that dropped so let me make sure we talk about it we weren't gonna mm-hmm. do a whole like sit down you know hour hour and a half breakdown of the of the pot of the move of the special we weren't gonna do that but i thought oh we need to start the show we talk about it a little bit see how we liked it and then we move on but we can't even do that <laughs> neither you guys because, watch that i mean does that marvel say something does that say marvel something i mean uh, something to me uh, yeah, Sorry, marvel didn't give us enough money ej i mean for us to <laughs> They want us to give them promo, <laughs> free promotion. Nah, um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, it's probably, honestly, it's probably a combination of things. Um, so there's so much content now. There's just, there's just so much just stuff to watch and like 
so little time for people that are like busy and um like ice haven't finished uh titans like have you have you guys watched titans yet that's that's another one i've not watched i'm on like episode two of season two so oh well oh there you go God, that's crazy yeah yeah can you gotta finish season two though i didn't think it was bad um but but yeah i mean titans that's another one so i think it's just a, it's a combination of just a, a lot of stuff combination of um Marvel, as I as I've said, you know, on several shows, I think Marvel just hasn't been hitting the same lately. So their stuff doesn't seem as, you know, I have to watch it instantly as it was. And also, James Gunn is is leaving Marvel. So I'm just like, I mean, I mean, is he like so devoted to Guardians? And what is the is there a future for Guardians? Like, will well, it still he, he be said, the same Guardians? Times. He has said multiple times that this is. The end of this Guardians team. Um, yeah, there you go. Whatever we don't know if that means there will be future Guardians movies with an entirely different team. So when you say but, this is the end, do you mean this holiday special or the next movie? No, the next movie to be okay. There, uh, Volume Three. That will be okay. the last time we see this team together in the way that mm-hmm. it's been for the last however many years since the first movie. But like he, I mean, he's not going to do the next Guardians movie. He's now the head of a whole different studio that is rivals with Marvel. So that leads me to wonder kind of if they're not going to continue with this team and they're not going to continue with James Gunn, then what is the future of Guardians? And yeah. I think that's an interesting point, Sham, that uh, that perhaps that played into it. Did that play into it at all for you, Kendall? Uh, I was not really thinking about that part. Um, I mean, you are right, Shamari, about the, the, the oversaturation of content in general. I think that that was more of a subconscious uh, reasoning. All these reasons were, were subconscious because I wasn't thinking about this at all. Right. I never consciously yeah. thought, "Oh, the Guardians special." Yeah. Let me. Should I watch it? No. I, I just it just completely flew over my mind. I mean, I've heard about it in the last couple of days. Uh, other people watching it, but I've just every time I've heard about it, it's it's never even crossed my mind. Like, when am I gonna get home and sit down and watch it myself? Uh, but with that being said, honestly, I think another subconscious reasoning is. I think it's a little early for a holiday special. We're not even in December. And for whatever reason, I know timing Marvel's got their own reasonings, but like I'm not thinking about Christmas in November like that. I mean, yeah. I know I know some people the moratorium. <laughs> I was like, I'm still having leftover turkey and stuffing. One hundred percent. Don't bring me no sugar cookies and, and Santa Claus and elves and all that crap. Like, I mean, we can we can get ready for Christmas. You can put up the decorations, but I don't get in holiday special mood until like two weeks mid, before like mid December. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like mid December. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a little I, early. And I feel like honestly, I don't know about you guys. I, and I, it's, I was randomly thinking about this the other day. I feel like Hawkeye because Hawkeye came out last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was a much better like pacing for gearing up for the holidays. And I feel like it was more advertised as such i mean this is a holiday special of course but it was released so early yes yeah, it's a one-off it's a one-off like hawkeye was kind of like now, watching this, hawkeye week to week was like a perfect hawkeye, ride. hawkeye was dropped on the first episode was dropped november 24th but i think what yes helped hawkeye was that like episodes were going to play near christmas yeah right? exactly, week, you know? very close to christmas so like this i mean this is a one and done so it's one of the things where you either could just wait until Christmas, and I'm sure this 
plays well if you wait the week of Christmas to excuse me to watch. But I mean, it's this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the internet. I mean, can you really wait three, four weeks to watch Marvel content without being spoiled potentially? No. So I think that that was probably going to make it difficult to say, okay, I want to watch this right, when yeah. I feel more like I'm in the Christmas spirit. What I will say is I think that I think Marvel felt like they could do this because they kind of knew that there were no stakes in this project. And I will say for one, again, I enjoyed the project. Do I think that if you don't watch this, like you'll just like, oh my God, you missed the, the this big Marvel Easter egg that's now you're going to be screwed watching the next, even the next Guardians movie. I don't think so, though. I'm sure there will be important references to it. And there, there are some elements that are explored that certainly will be noteworthy for the next film. And I mean that, I mean, uh, volume three for Guardians. But I kind of think that because there was those stakes, it kind of didn't matter when it dropped as long as it was kind of near the holiday season. And I think they kind of felt like people would just kind of get to it whenever they get to it. But I don't know if I really like that strategy from Marvel when it comes to Disney Plus. I mean, Disney Plus was supposed to be like kind of like, you know, the last Infinity Stone to Marvel really kind of dominating all media. Like their like their ability to do what they do on the big screen and at the box office for movies and then bring it to television to their own, to their own streaming service was supposed to kind of be the end game for everyone else. And here we are now, what are we, like two years into this project, essentially, of, of Marvel TV on Disney+. And now we're at the point where they're actually putting like movie characters in a TV spot. And two of the three people who do a Hero Talk podcast, and this, this is not meant as a this at all. I'm talking about this more from Marvel. Two of the three people who do this podcast just didn't didn't find the time to want to watch it. Like, I, I, I don't think that that's nothing. Yeah, what? What is that? I don't know. I, I think that that's, that, that, to me, if I was Marvel, I'd be a little alarmed by that. What is going on here? Like, that's not what they planned when they decided we're going to put our content on Disney Plus and really get everybody out of here when it comes to just dominating all media platforms. I think that that says something. I don't know if maybe it's Guardians, like, could you have told me this was a, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know, because, I mean, they've had, like, Captain America on TV, so I can't even say that. But, and I don't want to say Spider-Man, obviously, because we'll never see a Spider-Man show on Disney+, Plus for obvious reasons. But if they told me this was a Thor special, like, would this have been any different? Maybe. Maybe it would have been, you know, if, if this was Thor. If this, you know, and, yeah, I can't even say Hulk, because Hulk was featured in S.H.I.E.L.D., so I can't even say that. I'm trying to think of, like, the original Avengers. So... I, I do think that that's nothing. And I feel, and the reason why I, I thought that this was important to talk about was because I don't think you guys are alone. I think there are a lot of Marvel fans who have not even thought about watching this yet. That's the other thing. Like, I'm not, like, I am not your... I would say that I am an MCU fan, but I am not a Guardians... I'm not a Guardians guy. I mean, you know, it, it, like, if, there, if, if you told me that there were 10 holiday specials I could watch, like... I understand why Marvel made a Guardians one because they probably made the most sense out of anybody. But like, I, I if if this was a if this was one on on Sam Wilson Captain America, I I probably would watch it by now. If this was uh, a Black Widow holiday special, eh, I don't know about Black Widow, but I, I mean I I probably I probably I honestly probably would have watched it by now. Like, there's certain characters that may not even be as 
you know, popular, quote unquote, as Guardians that I probably would have watched. But because it seems, I'm not so, feeling off it. Beaten, it seems so off, exactly, it seems so off the beaten path from everything else. Like the only other thing that I would have kind of been like, eh, would have been like Captain Marvel. Just, but like both of them are in space, which is part of the that's part of the allure because it's like it's almost like Star Wars holiday special, uh, where you can have like almost like fake Christmas, but it's Christmas. Yeah. But, um, but I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, like this was if this was an Iron Man Christmas special, yeah, I would watch it, and I would have known that yeah, nothing important is gonna happen. But it's Robert Downey Jr. It's Tony Stark. Um, I don't have that same feeling about the about the Guardians, but uh, it's not as much an indictment on Marvel. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, like, like I didn't watch Werewolf by Night either, but that's also an obscure brand, you know. So I think Marvel is going to have to. Uh, it'll be interesting how they do these specials going forward. Um, whether it be a Silver Surfer or a Nova or some of the other characters that we've seen speculated uh, as potentially having Disney Plus specials, it'll be interesting to see how they change their strategy because the two that the first two they've released, there was there was awful marketing. It was, it was yeah. almost non-existent. Um, they kind of just came out, and when you do that, I mean, I know it's probably cheaper that way, but I, I mean, you inherently you're supposed to think that it's probably not that important. So the ones that come out that are important, they'll have to change strategies a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that I think strategy change when it comes to the specials are important. It does feel like this is I mean, the holiday special, they, they've been working off a while. I mean, I guess they worked on the werewolf thing, too. But I know this special presentation thing is kind of something that they're kind of new at. So I think maybe they're kind of trying to figure out how they market this. Um, I don't think it's being marketed effectively, though. I, I feel like. Guardians, Guardians may have a little bit of it. May may have a little bit too too much attrition, too many warts to survive. Maybe some of the sluggish reception to Marvel and Disney Plus projects. Like you have, you no know, Guardians essentially being not canceled, but they you know they got rid of James Gunn for a little time, and he was you know on the outs, uh, and then he was back. But I mean, even like I'm watching that show and I'm seeing Chris Pratt, and like I don't know, like. I'm not one of these people who, who like, can't stand Chris Pratt, but kind of knowing that everybody else kind of can't stand him anymore, like, even, like, the shine, like the, the shine on him isn't as great anymore. So I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, he's not as, like, lovable and sympathetic as he was before because we know so much, we know too much about him now. And some of that's on his own fault. I just think that, like, you're right. Like, I think this could have been maybe some other project and this would have worked a lot better. I haven't really seen anything in terms of like hard, like concrete numbers on how this is doing. I know streaming can be a little tricky, though. For what it's worth, I felt like we knew exactly how many people were watching WandaVision and Loki. Like those shows, it was like, oh, they're not. These are very, very popular. These are being, these are extremely successful. I have not heard that for Werewolf or for this. So I think that, that, that like, I'm going to have to scour, I'm going to have to, you know, scour the internet. To find how this is doing, I think says uh, enough in itself. So, no, I, th- I thought that that was fascinating. You know, I prepared to talk about the the, the contents of the holiday special, but the fact that uh, my guys didn't even watch it 
I think that's so. That that Marvel, uh, you know, something something wrong there. They're gonna have to figure some stuff out. I thought that that was important to mention. But that holiday special was, of course, developed and direct directed by James Gunn, who has been the godfather of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise within Marvel. But now he has a new job. He is the new C co CEO of uh, DC Studios with Peter Safran. And this week, uh, James Gunn detailed how he plans to shape the DCU moving forward. When he asked, when asked on Twitter about more DC characters getting TV shows. Gunn said that DC projects would connect across film, television, and animation. But then there was an interesting part to this. He was then asked by another user, or it might have been the same user, I'm not sure, but he was asked by a user, well, what about video games? Could video games potentially also connect to the DCU? And James Gunn responded, yes. So that very brief strategy layout did have some interesting nuggets in there um and some are looking at it and saying that it, it, it seems pretty clear that perhaps gun and saffron's vision of dc in relation to marvel is a lot different than what has been tried in the past by dc and perhaps even what's been reported by various outlets about what um david zaslav actually wants to do with dc and a lot of people are seeing the ideas of connecting projects across film television animation and video games and saying that sounds very similar to what lucasfilm has done with the star wars franchise and who better to have start this conversation than the two hosts of the imperial broadcast on new generation podcast network that being shamari stewart and kendall stewart so i'll start with uh sham first do you see similarities between guns very brief layout of how he wants to run dc and what lucasfilm had developed with Star Wars, and do you like the idea of incorporating animation and video games into the fl- into the fray when it comes to uh, uh, building the world of DC? Um, so, I mean, comparing this to Lucasfilm is kind of an interesting comparison um, because Lucasfilm is is such an interesting is in such an interesting. I'm not going to go on some Star Wars, you know, Lucasfilm diatribe, yeah. but but you know, it's in such an interesting place right now. Because I think storytelling wise, it is in the best place that it has been in since Disney bought Star Wars. Um, and there were a lot of issues. Now, I think the issues that Lucasfilm has had with James Gunn leading this uh, project, I don't think it would have the same problems because. Gun is clearly the creative vision behind this. Whereas with Lucasfilm, there was no single creative vision. It was just Kathleen Kennedy and just directors and just letting them do what they want. And there was no there was no cohesive story. Um, now, when it comes to incorporating the games and shows, um, I think that element has been a massive success. I think a lot of people honestly like the, the shows and games some of them even more than the movies. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the movies have been just more popular just in terms of they've reached more people. But just in terms of, like, the niche, in terms of, like, the, the fan base, is, which is always skewed, but skewed all over the place. All people different like, like different different parts of it and whatnot. But a lot of people love the show, these shows and these games um, that, they, that they've been making. And I think they've knocked almost all the games out of the park. And they do... Uh, try to make all the games fit into 
the story. Um, so it and it's fun. It makes it better. It makes it a lot better. I think it is a good strategy in terms of wanting to make everything fit. Because as someone that's following Star Wars and, you know, of course, Kendall knows, obviously, we do a show together. And it makes everything more enjoyable when you know it's all part of a consistent story that has a very good, solid basis, which I think Star Wars does. Um, so it's just easy to just get lost in the stories. And I don't know if Gunn is... Gunn could be a massive Star Wars fan. I don't know. but But if he's, you know had any part in that or been involved in that at any level he probably realizes that um so i think it's a good idea you know to summarize my thoughts i really do think this is a good idea i think it will benefit lucasfilm and lead to oh, or be DC. benefit dc yeah uh when, when warner brothers and i think it'll lead to um lead to more fans mm. kendall what, what do you what do you think of this concept of adopting what Lucasfilm has done with connecting Star Wars projects across pretty much every platform they have. Um, and that actually includes comic books, which DC, I, it doesn't sound like DC would do that. It seems if DC comics would do what they normally do. Um, but what do you think about this concept of, of, of connecting it with everything else regarding um, all media platforms, including video games? So... I'm curious to hear what you think, EJ, because uh, I think back to pretty much our show, our last show that we talked about, James Gunn, and you, your 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 one true mandate for James Gunn was to get rid of the idea that we can't have multiple Batmans, uh, <laughs> you know, on different different levels, yes. and that we can't yeah. have we can't have multiple flashes or whatever. Um, this this mandate seems opposite of that. Yep. Uh, that would be a hint of how I feel about this. Yeah, exactly. That seems opposite of that. That see this 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 reeks of uh, we're not getting a you know if we have Robert Pattinson then he will be the only Batman that we see. If if we have uh, you know Joaquin Phoenix then he will be the other the only Joker. Now you do wonder if there are going to be exceptions and that. You know, like the Joker seems like, like those two probably. may be the only exceptions. I mean, we did have a Joker character appear in the Batman that wasn't Phoenix. Right, exactly. And yes. And so like and and so those may be in their own lane, but then beyond that, like, you know, just I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious how this is gonna like jive with you know, with with, with Greg Berlanti because I mean now James Gunn might, might I, haven't, be I, haven't, I haven't thought about that man literally in maybe and, and you know what yeah, isn't he the, like I mean, a 500 million dollar man he's, well that's what I was going to say I was like I mean, yeah, that contract, I mean he's, Russell, a, he's that's... Russell Wilson on the Broncos yeah like, he's, he's Duncan <laughs> Robinson he's, he's Duncan yeah. Robinson sitting on the bench making 100 million for the year yeah I mean you know you're paying him all this money <laughs> and you can't get rid of him there's nothing you can do so like they have so to think about him, or are you just gonna pay him to not work? <laughs> because like, yo, you guys remind me of stuff like that, stuff like that. And it makes me think, yo, maybe Daz, maybe Zaslav is on something about having to cut, <laughs> cut salary, cut yeah, money. Yeah, he like, he like, I can't make back, back girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying some other producer to make content, and he's supposed to make a five hundred million for this deal, yeah. and he's still and just his, making his the flash. These are bleeding money. <laughs> his properties aren't Maybe. even making money. Riverdale, 
and um, geez, I don't even know what that other show is. That that show with that Star Girl is good. Uh, Star Girl, we'll get Star Girl. It's uh, Flowers, but yeah, Star Girl is good. Nancy Drew, Nancy Drew. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's yeah. so like yeah, it's like that. David Zazo, I'm like that Shaq meme. I owe you an apology. I wasn't familiar with your game. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel when you remind me that Berlanti's making 500 million. Oh my god. So, so yeah, I mean, that that he's getting Aaron Judge money, man. It's crazy, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you know, you feel like you feel like that's part of the reason why they want to, they want to, they want to, they that they have to do this and. You know whether it's whether it's good or bad. I think honestly, the Star Wars example, even more so than Marvel Studios. Like I think Star Wars Blueprint is intriguing because look, I mean, I, look, I mean, we're Star Wars fans. I mean, yeah. I haven't loved everything Lucasfilm has done, um, but I, I do enjoy Star Wars as a property. I enjoy the connected universe and the connected feel of everything. Some things turn out better than others and they're all in the same universe and they're all supposed to interconnect. Um, I think honestly where star Wars has faltered in many ways is because it's all in the same universe and not because it's in the same universe, but because, because of, because of it being in the same universe, if you're not, if you don't have a visionary that can mail, mend everything together, like a Kevin Feige type, you run into, uh, colliding narratives and stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, like we saw in the sequel trilogy, where you had three different, two two different directors, yeah. three or different directors. See, initially. Or I think I would argue you even see it in like the X Men franchise. Yes, the X Men franchise as well. Uh, you know, with two different trilogies, and they're all supposed to be in the same universe, but you have different directors making everything. So, uh, so I think with DC, there is a lot of potential to the Star Wars strategy because, I mean, look, it makes a show like the Clone Wars or a show like the Bad Batch. Or a show like Star Wars Rebels a lot more must see because you're like all of this matters, all of this connects to the move, the same movies that we're watching. It makes the the comics that Shamari reads, uh, you know, on an annual basis, it makes them a lot more intriguing to read. It makes the books that they that they come out with that connect to the movies and connect to the to the shows a lot more interesting to read because they all matter. So. There is a there in the games. You mentioned the games. I mean, a game like Jedi Fallen Order, you know, it takes place within the the Star Wars canon, and and, and the narrative connects to movies and the TV shows and everything. So there is potential to it, but I think that with something like DC, I don't know if DC is the right vessel for something like that because it, I almost feel like it's too big. Like I just feel like if Star Wars is a lot more contained. But when you start doing this in DC, I just feel like you're limiting yourself to this, the, the amount of stories you can tell. Um, so I don't know. And, and it's just risky because if you don't like a certain character, I mean, like Star Wars, you can say, yeah, you know, we didn't really like uh, we didn't really like Kylo Ren, you know, Ben Solo. So we're just not going to do anything. We're not going to do that much more to flesh him out. In, in in DC, like you can't. I mean, you can you can say, yeah, we're not doing any more of the Flash, but now you just lost the Flash. You know, we're not. You just, we don't like we don't like that Green Lantern, so we're not you doing Green Lantern anymore. So that's the that's the concern. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a very good point at the end. It kind of leads to why I do not like this strategy. I don't want to go as far as say I hate the strategy because there's a chance that 
James Gunn's ideas for DC are super awesome. And therefore, this may be very fun and I may enjoy it. But I've always said that to me, animation and I never said this about video games, but I feel the same way about video games. Because you don't have the concept of needing actors, you need voice actors, but you don't have concept of stuntmen, actors, props, um, actual studios, actual, you know, sets outside of, uh, of a CGI studio. Because it's just pretty much your art animation, computer animation, and voices, you can kind of do anything. Like, you're, you're, the, the ambition level can be super high, which is why some of the projects we've seen, whether it be in animation or with video games, has been so ambitious and so amazing. Like, I think about the Batman Arkham series. I think about, uh, we were talking about it the other day, um... Uh, when someone tweeted about how great X-Men Legends were. And that's a real throwback. Like, I think about Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Like, I think about these projects and these stories that were told through video games and thinking that there's no way in hell they're making that kind of video game for DC. Like, anything like that is going to be saved for a movie. So, I'm not saying these video games can't be bad, but I just feel like if those are the only kind of video games you're doing, it may very well limit the kind of creative freedom and, and the creative ambition that we see in video games and in animation. It's the same thing with with uh, with with animation. You know, Marvel's animation has suffered, really, for the past however many years. And they inserted, you know, Marvel Studios is kind of the now driving force of Marvel animation. And I liked What If a lot. But I think that there is a level of playing in a small sandbox that you have to now come to grips with when you decide that you have to now do everything in just your own movie universe because the actual movies and TV shows just can only be but so ambitious. You can't do an Avengers Endgame every movie or every TV show. It's impossible. There are plenty of video games and animation that's more ambitious than even Avengers Endgame. So, like, like that, like, as someone who's a gamer and someone who loves cartoons, I hear this and I feel like this is bad news for those those platforms now could it elevate the actual stories that gun wants to tell absolutely because i think that we've seen that with star wars that's why i can't say it's a complete miss and something i absolutely hate because there's a great chance that like he's gonna create a great universe him and saffron and these video games are really cool and these animation products be really cool because we get to learn more about these these uh these worlds that he's creating but it's I, it's almost like you kind of create a monopoly within your own like creative company in a weird way. Like one of the things that's so awesome about like Marvel and DC is that like there are so many characters, there are so many universes, and so many creators that can do whatever they want. You can kind of pick and choose what you want to watch or read, whether it be comic books, and what you don't want to read, and what you don't want to watch. And when you kind of centralize everything, you kind of make it to where you have no choice but to just watch how I'm doing it. It's like, I mean, it's great if you're doing it really well, but even if you are doing it well, which I, I would still argue Marvel still does it well, I still miss the fact that we don't have a spectacular Spider-Man-like cartoon on TV right now. I miss that we don't have a Wolverine and the X-Men show on TV right now. I know they're going to re-react X-Men 97, which I'm really excited about. Um, 
and that, that part of that excitement is because it's not like any of the Marvel Studios stuff. Like, why was like, oh yeah, this is something different. Like, this is something that I used to like before. That was a completely original from whatever Kevin Feige came up with. Type with. And I'm not. I like Kevin Feige, but like, I, I, like when I think about how limiting this is for those entities moving forward. Not necessarily maybe. Oh yeah, some in some ways that's those individual projects. But more importantly, just for the medium as a whole. Now, anybody working in DC Animation, now they got to do a show that's got to be linked to whatever they're doing with uh, with, 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 uh, with DC um, movies. And are they going to be able to do, like, major crossovers? Like, that, there's no way they're going to do that. Like, that's that's, that's not going to happen. So, and, I, I, I mean, unless, unless they do another, like... Because Marvel Studios, I mean, they, they kind of gotten away with it a little bit and used that ambition by doing the What If series. It has allowed them to kind of cross over and do pretty cool things but i mean it's it's literally a what if story like it's literally stories that don't exist technically so i mean are we getting something like that for dc is that the only way we're going to get content that is like crossing over and like kind of like large in scale i don't know i think that there's a lot of there are some some positives to take away for the for the creative film live action side but i think there are a lot of downsides for animation and video games when you talk about having something like spectacular spider-man or Something like uh, Young Justice, like we've had, and some of these great animated shows, it allows for you to get different takes on these characters. I mean, these characters have, especially the big ones like Spider Man. I mean, we've had, I mean, we're going to see probably 20 plus versions of Spider Man in the next Spider Verse movie, but we've had so many different versions of Spider Man, and they're almost all very different. Like, they all are supposed to be the same person, but they're different takes. Spectacular Spider-Man, just in animation, Spectacular Spider-Man is vastly different than the 90s Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. the villains are sometimes portrayed differently. They have different backstories, and some are better than others, you know? I mean, I'm a big fan of the cartoon X-Men Evolution. You know, most people, their favorite X-Men cartoon is uh, X- X- uh, X-Men the Animated Series. Some people really like Wolverine and the X-Men. They all are vastly different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. none, none, there's nothing really similar about them except they're all X-Men. <laughs> you know, but they all are massively different takes on the X-Men. So the idea that we can't get stuff like that anymore. Now, again, you can do stuff. You can do good stuff and have it be connected like I talked about with Star Wars. But, you do, and, but again, with, with Star Wars, it's, it's, it's different because it's just there is no... Like, the source material is just movies. So you're just expanding on those movies. You're not expanding on a source material that you have, you know, 75, 50 to 75 plus years of comic book lore and hundreds of thousands and thousands of stories being told across those 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 decades just thrown to the wayside for one singular story. So I I would like to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Um. So, so I do agree. I think it, I think it. I do think it. It would be a shame to lose some of the creative freedom. Um. Now, I feel like with. Um. So I do kind of stand by what I said, and just in saying that, I think there is an added draw from everything's being within the same universe and i do think and i do think the 
the size of DC actually almost kind of allows for something like this to be a little more possible because you can make you can make these kinds of games and it on various different characters that you know if you don't have plans for them to show up in your film universe immediately or even if you do you can have them do things that aren't like contradictory to the story that you're telling um and and i yeah i mean i don't know i feel like I, I really do feel like the benefit when, this, like you said, EJ, when the story is done well, mm-hmm. which you know, of course, Star Wars has such a such a good, it has such a good foundation. Building off of that foundation and making it connected just makes sense, right. you know. And there's still fans out there, very loud fans, and Kendall knows this, that hate that, that are kind of yes. on you guys' side. That refused to watch any of the movies, refused to buy any of the books, watch, pay any attention to any of the shows, because they were fully invested in the ex- expanding universe that was created before that is now kaput, and Disney said it doesn't exist anymore, or it's now quote-unquote legends. And people are very upset about that. But people still go see the movies, people still go, people still buy the books, people still do stuff. And, it's, and that is partially because it's such, it has such a solid basis. And also... And this is another thing that is would have a major impact on that. The storytellers that they bring in to make all of this extended content are fantastic. <laughs> so that's another big part of the thing. Like if you brought in, um, you know, Scott Snyder and a lot of other like writers to write these stories for this new DC multiverse universe, whether it be games, books, other things, and they're all great. I mean that could that could I mean and just and just speaking in terms of like in a business sense that could catapult DC almost to another stratosphere. But so I think I think that's yeah. kind of what they're thinking about. Now the one thing I will I'll push back on slightly is mm-hmm. the I, I think you made a great point that like yeah there are some people who don't like the Star Wars stuff but like there are people who still go and watch and, and enjoy the stuff because it's Star Wars but. Mm-hmm. And and there is some there actually is some similarity in terms of like creative frustration with DC, but I think it doesn't compare. I think that like Star Wars is such a, I would argue Star Wars is a bigger brand than DC, though that may be a conversation for another podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Because Star Wars is such a bigger brand, it kind of reminds me of that like very infamous, and I think you, me, and Shan, we talked about it in a very separate conversation. That one of my favorite like Triple H, who's a wrestler in WWE, he had a feud with CM Punk. And, you know, CM Punk's character and kind of his, even his actual person was because this, like, very, like, uh, anti-establishment guy. And he was this guy that kind of felt like he was being, you know, shafted by the man and that, you know, you know the people really could, you know, the people deserve better than what WWE was giving them. And Triple H had a, had a, like, a, a promo that was, like, was, like, part great of the storyline, but also seemed to kind of be speaking truth to, like, like the CM Punk character, CM Punk person outside the character who also was kind of saying those same things, where he said, "Hey, you know CM Punk? Some people like the WWE. You know, some people like to come here and like have a good time and they enjoy themselves. They sit there, they buy their ticket and they watch the show and then they go home and then that's it. Like some people don't want this great change and this big stuff. And I say that to say that like when you made that point about Star Wars, that that's what I thought about. Is like, yeah, like some people just like Star Wars. Like some people aren't like these like internet." I hate to say it, trolls who go on there and just like complain about every single thing Star Wars ever does and say everything sucks. 
But some people mm-hmm. just like these stories, want to go and watch and have a good time, and they're okay. I don't know if DC has garnered that that like that goodwill at this point. Like I, I can't say that. Like if you were telling me that was Marvel, I'd say 100%. Like Marvel absolutely is the same way. But uh, Black Adam just did 400 million worldwide at the box office. I mean, that's that's a disappointment. You know, it was erased off of essentially the 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 the, the box office thing once Black Panther came out. I mean, this was DC's big movie this year. It had the biggest star in Hollywood arguably in its movie. Mhm. Like I don't know if DC has that that good those good graces to say well, like yeah we may kind of you know not want to say ruin that's too harsh we may kind of inconvenience your gaming and animation watching, but trust us like our 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 creative vision is gonna be good. Like I don't know if that's I don't know if that's gonna work. And like, like just think I, about I, I don't I don't trust them. Like why why should we trust them at this point? I you like just mentioned. Fun. You just mentioned Black Adam, EJ, and I think that that's a great example because, like, I think, I mean, look, we did our review of Black Adam. I think we all enjoyed it to varying degrees, but we all yeah. thought, like, it was a it was a fun movie. Um, but if I told you that that Black Adam was just, he was just Black Adam not going forward. Like, any movie, any animated movie you watch, any video game you yeah. play, it's The Rock. Yeah. And you're not getting anybody different. And that, that backstory that you saw in the JSA... Like that's that that Hawkman is Hawkman going forward, and that Doctor Fate is Doctor Fate, and I like those characters. That Adam Smasher is Adam Smasher. Like that that movie works a lot better with me thinking that it's just in the DCEU. Yeah, like, yeah. I really would is, hope that, that there would be Black another Adam. great story written in animation or in a video game that has Black Adam. Maybe he's more akin to the Black Adam character in the comics. Like he doesn't have to be the Rock, right? Like I mean, it's sort of like I mean, Shamar, you sent us the uh, the the injustice, you know, mobile version of Black Adam that looked like the, the Rock, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. But like that, that was like a that was foreshadowing <laughs> because now that that that's what we're getting now, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it, it is definitely a mixed bag um, in terms of in terms of um, do you want the variety or do you want just and I also I, I do also think having a unified universe it, it I think it helps uh, uh, for audiences to to be able to f- better follow what's happening is another and this is not so much what comic book people and it's a mix you get some people that say this and some people that don't but you still get a lot of people that go to these movies and they're like wait so what about what about you know Batman and yeah, it, what about Batman Robert show up in this and yeah, you know, it's like people don't. Where's yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, it's like you know, if you have one universe, and then when they go by the game, they're like, "Oh, is that the guy from the thing?" It's like, "Oh no, that's a, that's him, but it's not him," you know. Or it, it kind of helps everything just be consistent, and um, it all just feels like it matters more. So I think it'll. It's a trade off, and it has to. It's a big risk as well. That I'm very say. curious how they will like. What's the action plan on this? Like, I mean, we could talk about like whether or not we like them doing this, but how do you even execute this in the short term? Because obviously, you've got properties coming out. Um, you know, they've. Uh, I mean, isn't there a Wonder Woman game coming out? Like, yeah. there's. They've got. They've got games that are coming out. They've got cartoons that are coming out. I mean, I know they've so, canceled like everything, but like, 
I mean, so, I just how how extreme is this going to be, or is there going to be a lot more wiggle room than we're giving it credit? For? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I. So I will say this: I think there's almost a, I I say almost close to a zero percent chance that this is going to be like Lucasfilm and Star Wars, and that because I mean, there's too much. There's like so much. I mean, there's so many different things that DC like either is doing or has done, and that. In terms in in even the video game world, like Gotham Knights just came out. Yeah, um, I'm sure Injustice Three is going to come out at some point. I mean, we like, have a Suicide Squad game coming out. Suicide Squad just coming out. Like, there's so many things that are coming out that are not part of any kind of shared universe, and like, I, and there's no way that they're that this is all being incorporated. I now I do think they are going to try to have more of that. Um, like games that are clearly incorporated. I don't know if they have a specific label for them, maybe or or name or something. Or I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna, I feel like they're gonna do something with that, but I don't think it's gonna be everything. Yeah, it's. I, and I I I tend to agree. I just really I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right because what I've seen in the past is that once movie comes, movie studio comes into the equation it just trumps everything else that's what we've seen when it comes to even dc tv shows i just mentioned with it uh, kendall mentioned the whole deal with whether or not you'll see you know multiple versions of these characters and will we allowed will we allow be allowed to see uh multiple variations of characters that maybe aren't connected to the movie universe and so far it's been no and this feels like it's going to be even worse that it'll be harder to do that so yeah I, I think that that is possible but i just i have a lot of questions about whether or not they'll actually be able to Make that come to fruition. Um, staying on uh, Warner Studios, Warner Brothers, and DC, real quick. Um, the major overalls happening at HBO Max. So the future of DC animation seems very much in question. But uh, we could soon have a new home for DC cartoons because Variety was the first to report that Warner Brothers TV and animation were close closing on a deal to develop DC cartoons. Head of Warner Brothers TV, Channing Dunning, said, quote, One of the interesting things that's exciting for me at this moment, the approach of the previous management was more like everything has to stay in-house. We don't want anything to go outside. David Zaslav has been much more open to uh, our exploring all of our animated IP and being able to do it on a different on different platforms. Certainly, HBO Max is going to be our first stop, but we've already, we're already in the process of closing a big deal with Amazon that's going to feature some of our DC-branded content in animation. So I ask Kendall first. Kendall, do you think Amazon could be a viable home for DC animation projects moving forward? Um, I mean, it's an interesting. They're an interesting piece because, like, I mean, obviously they've got their own properties in the in the space. When you look at uh, Invincible, obviously in the animated space, and then you know you got stuff like The Boys in live action. So. Um, they're not necessarily, uh, non-competitors, but at the same time, uh, it's not Marvel, like, you know, it's not Disney Plus. Um, it does make you wonder what the future of HBO Max is, because you would feel like that's where you would put all your animated content, if, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And, you know, Zaslov had a whole presentation where, uh, like, HBO Max was going to be a thing, but I don't know. It, it, 
that seems he seems <laughs> that seems to have uh have have well, see, I feel like we got the message on where that that's headed, but um, but no, I mean, I mean, I think the most encouraging part about this is just the idea that animation still has a future. Again, given the the the, the messaging that we were getting uh, when Zaslav was 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 doing his uh when when DC had their cut day uh, for lack of a better term, and they were they were deciding who was staying and who was going. Uh, the chopping block was filled with a lot of animated pro- projects, and we've heard a lot of messaging from not just him, but from former Disney uh, CEO Bob Chapek that suggested that animation uh, was seemed like it was going, it was a it was a thing of the past, uh, which was bizarre because those two companies, uh, I mean, those were the homes of Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. You know, and so the idea that animation was was a thing of the past was uh was sad for a lot of people. But um, you know the the idea that they're outsourcing it, uh, I'm for it. So uh, we'll see we'll see what projects uh, come about. Sham, how do you feel about this uh, possibility of uh, more DC projects now heading to Amazon? Um. I mean, I, I mean, I suppose I'm for it. I, I, this is a little bit, uh, I feel a little bit, uh, a little less, um, I don't know, strong about this particular topic because I mean, this seems to me like, this seems to me like stuff that's probably even above it. Like this is stuff where the anime, the animators at that level are probably just like, I mean, who, whatever, like whoever gives me the, <laughs> as long as I'm able to create the story I'm trying to make, it almost doesn't matter what platform. And that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, as long as we're getting stuff, if this means we're getting more stuff, then yes, I'm in favor of it. Um, it doesn't seem like that was explicitly said here, just that, you know, they're open to other platforms, which I, I mean, I guess maybe opens them up to more stuff because they, maybe they only want so much stuff on their platform. Maybe, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure how that business model works to be completely honest with you, but, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, you hear the word Amazon and you're like, great, a mega company, but I mean, Warner brothers discovery is already kind of a Frankenstein's monster of a mega company. So, I mean, it doesn't really kind of the same kind of wanted the same at this point. So, um, I mean, I'm in favor of it, and, and they've done, they've had good animated projects, um, and I'm sure Warner Brothers already has a good relationship with Amazon, they're, I'm sure, plenty of movies and other projects are released on Amazon, obviously, um, uh, do digital releases and whatnot through Prime, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it will. I think it'll benefit DC. A lot of people watch stuff. I, I, I watch a lot of things. I've been watching a lot of content on Amazon Prime lately. Uh, this has actually become one of my primary streaming places to stream things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think this will be good for DC, and I, and I feel fine with it personally. Yeah, I mean, the, first of all, I, I I really am encouraged by this because I feel like it feels like a lot of these streaming services are kind of realizing that. Maybe they're not the, the the undisputed future of television, um, and you see scaling back in several places. You see several places restructuring and trying to figure out if they need to kind of figure out re reconfigure their strategy. Um, Amazon feels like one of the few places that seems to be ramping up 
in streaming. Like we saw, we've seen the, the deal they did with the NFL. Obviously, they seem to be trying to acquire even more assets for streaming. So, I mean, I feel like this is a, a, at least a home that is invested in trying to make streaming still a thing. And streaming will always be a thing, obviously. But this feels like a actual um, home that like they're not gonna like pull the plug immediately. Like they're trying to really make this a money making thing, and and they're gonna want. Uh, as good content as they possibly can to to come on their platform. So I love the idea of them finding a way to continue to do DC projects, you know, animated. If it's not on HBO Max, that's fine. I don't I don't I agree. I don't necessarily feel like it has to be on there. I feel like HBO Max really is it's such a great platform, and the fact that we you know we have to go away from it like is unfortunate, um, but just because I think it's the best streaming service. But Amazon seems invested, so let's uh, let's give them a shot and. You know, my thing is, hey, uh, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, bring Young Justice home. It's it's we can we have more stories to tell. You're the best uh, animation storyteller in superheroes right now. I know Invincible, maybe we'll have a discussion, but I will still say is uh, is is Wiseman. So let's keep Earth 16 going. Let's continue to tell those stories, and and I would love to see the, uh, that return, and I'd love to see. Obviously, that that uh, Batman show with um, with a uh, uh, Bruce Tim, um, that 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 the, the Cape Crusader that that's coming out. I'm sure this will be probably a part of that. I know there's a, a pretty big bidding war ahead, so it tells me that you know what we've already said is that animation is definitely still valuable, and I think whichever company decides to really invest in it could really reap the benefits. And if Amazon ends up being the only place that really does animation at that level. Then, uh, then they could end up kind of being, you know, the only player in the game, and that could end up being a big plus for them. So, I, I'm really excited about the idea. I was very happy to hear this news. I, I'm hoping that it's not just DC projects that are only linked to, you know, a world that James Gunn, Gunn is creating. But if that is not the case, and we do get to see original content and content outside of the James Gunn lane, then that would be really awesome. I really hope that we get to see that. Uh, last story for today, guys. Let's talk. Um, Namor. So, Marvel has received rave reviews for its portrayal of Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but don't expect to see a solo project on the Submariner anytime soon. According to Marvel producer Namor, the King of Talokan can return in future MCU projects, but a Namor-led movie is not in the cards because of a complicated rights agreement with Universal. So, Sham, do you think we ever will get a Namor project in the future? And are you disappointed that right now we will not get one because of this Universal Studios issue? Um, I mean, I mean, do I think we'll eventually get one? I mean, probably just because he's been done in film now, so he's someone that will probably continue to be done <laughs> eventually, and, and eventually he'll get a movie. Um, I. Do I think and, and he was done well in film. That's another important aspect of that. Um, do I think that uh, or am I disappointed? Uh, honestly, no. I, I mean, the, the character itself didn't strike me as one that that would need a solo movie. Um, and that's not to say he was bad. Um, you know, I actually like Namor's character, but but it didn't. I but it just the just the character, the way it was written, and it, it just didn't strike me as someone. Oh, I want to see a movie. There are a lot of good characters that just don't need solo movies. 
Like, even Solo, a Star Wars story, just going back to Lucasfilm quickly, that movie didn't need to happen. I thought it was decent, personally, but it didn't need to happen. I don't really think anyone really even asked for it. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure there's countless other examples. But this this has that kind of, that same kind of vibe for me, a Namor. So, I, like, I don't really need a Namor movie. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to any Namor fans out there, uh, <laughs> of course. But, yeah, I'm not someone that's clamoring for a Namor movie, personally. Wow. I was a little surprised by that. Um, is this, uh, is this, is James Wan bias? Someone who loves the Aquaman franchise? Like, what's going on here? Nah, nah, yeah. It, yeah, no, no, no. Um, though we actually had, we, uh, we're actually watching some Aquaman, or I, or I, I guess, was watching some Aquaman, um, over the Thanksgiving, uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. I'm starting to lean a little bit back towards, I don't know, maybe I'm going back and forth, but I kind of started to lean towards that it was such a good movie. That's one of my, fa- that's one of my favorite, uh, I think it's one of my favorite movies. That's a fantastic movie. Um, it's gonna go back to one of those, it's, it's one of those movies that I'm gonna say that I gotta watch, even though I never end up watching it after the show. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's on HBO Max. It's, it's living on HBO Max, and I I'm probably gonna watch it again soon. Um, but yeah, no, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't need a Namor movie. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating the 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 Namor character, or maybe it's Aqu- Maybe it's the fact that I did recently see a great Aquaman movie. I don't know. It's very possible, but but yeah, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just not feeling a Namor movie. All right. Well, it's Ken. I'm a little surprised that Shamari saying this is not something he necessarily needs. Uh, how do you feel about the future of a Namor solo project? Um. Honestly, I mean this. This reads to me like Namor is going to be our Hulk for the time being. Yeah. Um, where I think he will be in other projects, but I don't think any of them will have Namor's name in it. I don't think any of them will be a Namor-centric project. Um, you know, there's been speculation about a a a, a vibranium war movie. You know, something to do with. The Americans or the surface dwellers going after the the vibranium in Wakanda and the vibranium in in Talokan, uh, and that is a that that would be a, an easy way to make it a Namor centric project without it being a Namor movie. Uh, you know, I think the idea of him, you know, potentially being a part of a Fantastic Four project or you know, they already name dropped him as a mutant. The idea of him being a part of a mutant project, uh, all these things are ways you can use him without making it Namor. Uh, I liked him in this movie, but I also think that the way they used him, I don't know if, I don't know if you can do a Namor movie right now. You know, I mean, like I, I, I feel like right now. Like they almost made him like I mean he was just a he was just a villain, uh, <laughs> and, and I feel like in this movie and so he had his own agenda he had his own like you know but I mean I feel like pr- this principles movie, yeah but I feel like in this movie he was way more antihero than like Killmonger was I, I think he still absolutely could be redeemed I felt that way I don't know if you feel that yeah way. yeah I mean you know I think. I think it depends on the on the I think he's going to be that guy that like I think he's Magneto in in I think he's Fastbender's Magneto. That that's my where it's like is Fastbender's Magneto a villain in that 
as in as a whole, probably not. But you know, but at the same time, like he's only he'll only work with you if it, if he has his own uh, agenda fulfilled. You know what I mean? Like he's not he's not a hero, but like so I think that like. And could we have got? I mean, yes, we could have gotten a, a fast a movie on Fast Fender's Magneto, but like it wouldn't have been a superhero movie, you know what I mean? And so that's going to be the thing with Namor is that like doing a Namor movie at this point, like it's not going to be your traditional like Marvel superhero movie. Like it had to be had to be the uh, from the perspective of somebody that some people are going to hate, you know? I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't he know. Killed I, off the most popular character in the, in, in the series. Well, who do you, who's that? Well, at least in that movie, the, the Angela Bassett. Oh, yeah, he did. I mean, won't start one. Don't don't start none. Won't be none. You know, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I'm like way more sympathetic to Namor. I mean, they... now look, it's Namor. So like from our from our perspective, I agree. Like I love, I'll watch a Namor movie. If they want to pretend he's a hero, I'm not gonna be like, oh, this is inconsistent. But. There's a lot of people that don't know who Namor is. They're just gonna be like, "Oh, the guy from Black, Black Panther, the villain from Black Panther." And I'm supposed to root for this guy, you know? Like that—that's the—that's what they'd run into, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I—I I think that, I think that Namor. I think that the audience gave Namor a lot more grace than you're giving credit for, in terms of like his plight and his issues. Obviously, the Wakandans and Queen Ramonda and Shuri are the protagonists. But and he is definitely the antagonist. Uh, at least he becomes that as the movie progresses. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think this is as as black and white as you're making it. At least the perception from the audience. I don't think it's as black and white as you're making it. And I think that if you ground a movie in Talokan, and if you make it more about perhaps an uprising in Talokan after what happened with Wakanda Forever. I think there's a very easy way, given how some of the the Talokanans or the Atlanteans, we'll just say for now, it's for, for uh, these purposes, how they were moving in the movie and they're maybe uh, uh, at the end, you know, Nemora kind of being like, you know, what's going on? Why do we do this? And maybe there being some dissension in terms of his strategy and what he's thinking. I think there's a very easy story to tell where you could say that, well, they, they, they don't have trust in him and they want to maybe be even more, uh, you know, more regressive in their in their rule of Talakan. They want to be more aggressive in terms of how they attack the service. I, I think that I I think a story could easily be told even with the Namor that we saw. But Shamar, how do you feel on that? Um. On what Kennel on what Kennel was just saying? Yeah, yeah, his idea that he isn't he's not sure that that Namor can really be a protagonist in the movie after what we saw. Um No, I mean I th- I think he can still be a protagonist. Um I mean they'd have to they definitely have to kind of re frame his story, but but he could still be a protagonist. Um, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta make him a more of a sympathetic figure and they can, and they can do that and it'll, and it'll be a discussion. It will be a discussion, you know, between people. Oh, I don't forgive him. Oh, but this happened to him in his past and blah, 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 blah. You know, it'll be a thing that people go on about, but 
you know, they could do it. I mean, it's doable. You, I mean, especially in Hollywood, you can make anyone a protagonist <laughs> if they if they if they make it if they make them sympathetic enough. So yeah, I mean, I th- I think it could still be done. Um, my thing is, I don't know. I'm just not too. I don't know why. I'm just I'm just not as interested in seeing it. Um, but they could do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, yeah, I agree. I think that there's, I think that there's wiggle room, and I, I don't know why you should. I feel like the key would be, I don't know if it's, I don't even know if it's necessarily the key, but I, I feel like the easiest way to do it, if you, if you, is if you center it in Talakan. I think, you know, perhaps if you bring him back to the surface world after all he had done, maybe it becomes a little more hard. But I don't even think it's that hard. I mean, you know, the Americans and the French, we see like how like grimy they were throughout this entire movie. Like they sucked. So. I don't think it's that hard to make them look like the clear antagonist, but let's say okay, you don't, you don't, you're not over what he did to Kareem Amon. You send the story in Talakan, and you do a movie more similar to Aquaman, where it's mostly in Talakan. I think that there's a much better chance you can actually make that movie more from as a protagonist. Do you not see that as well? I agree with that as well. Um, I think if if they center the the story around Talokan, and even watching the movie, I was sympathetic to to, to Talokan, you know. Yeah. I, so that, so they succeeded in that in that aspect already. Um, so I agree with you there. I think if they centered it around him trying to to take care of his people, which he was trying to do in the in the first movie anyway, then they can make him a sympathetic figure pretty quickly. Yeah. But I think that's a I think that's a good place to wrap the show this week, guys. That's gonna do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Of course, if you enjoyed this show, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and follow us individually on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, Action EJ. Also on TikTok, Action EJ. Follow Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MCCM22. And follow Kendall on Twitter, NewGenKen. That's going to do it for now. For EJ, for Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.